Welcome to the film show on KBOO. I'm SW Conser, and we're spending the half hour at Portland International Airport, not taking a journey anywhere out of town. We're taking a journey into the Northwest filmmaking experience and film exhibition experience. So I'm standing outside the Hollywood Theater's micro-cinema at the Portland Airport. I'm here with Hollywood Theater Executive Director Doug White. And uh, Doug, this is a pretty new operation you have here. Yeah, yeah, we just opened it in uh, February. And uh, we're on the Sea Concourse here. We're completely surrounded by gates. And tell us about the scene here. Yeah, so uh, it's a small micro-cinema. We got 17 seats. Um, and we show local uh, short films by Oregon filmmakers um, in, a, in a beautiful space. We have an amazing picture and sound system donated by Triad speakers and Barco projectors. So it's a really high-end experience, but in an airport um, where you can come kill, you know, 5, 10, 20 minutes. Uh, there's an hour's worth of shorts. Um, so people can pop in and pop out. It's totally free. I and mean, you can check out some local art by filmmakers. Okay, we're standing here outside looking at a marquee. We're surrounded by airport traffic, so it's just kind of like being on a busy street looking up at the exterior of a movie theater. Exactly, and just as we see people at the Hollywood Theater on Sandy Boulevard taking their picture in front of the marquee, people do it here too. They'll stop and take their picture in front of the marquee, and uh, it's almost becoming like the new carpet. You know, people used to always take photos of their feet on the carpet, the old carpet, um, and so uh, we see a lot of people on their way in or out sort of tagging themselves in front of the, the theater, saying that they're home or that they're on their way out. Well, let's see. I guess let's get quiet for a minute and go inside the theater. So tell me what we're uh, looking at right now. So this is, uh, this is Curtis Hoff's Mossgrove. This film is about, um, you know, basically time-lapse photography of slugs, uh, like crawling over moss, and it's really interesting, and it's, it's fun to see how the audience responds to this, because usually you don't see these uh, you know, creatures this up close, uh, so it's pretty interesting to watch the reactions. And now let's talk with one of the filmmakers whose work is featured here, Alicia Rose. You're listening to The Film Show. I'm S.W. Conser. And now we're at the home headquarters of Alicia J. Rose. Her new music video at the Airport Micro Cinema features, for those Gen Xer music fans out there, it features the legendary Bob Mould of Sugar and Husker Du fame. And uh, this is definitely not one of his down-at-the-mouth videos. This is a fun Bob Mould video that you shot. Thanks. Yeah, I've actually had the wonderful opportunity to make four for Bob Mould, and out of the four, that is the second that we made. And we shot it all around Portland. Bob has a great time. And Colin Malloy was a great sport. He did the, um, the opening sketch, which was written by John Worcester, who's in the band. The, uh, the airport micro-cinema is really big on music videos. 
Is this a great time for the revival of the classic music video? Is this, uh, is this an offshoot of 80s nostalgia that we've got music videos going around the circuit again? Well, I think, you know, people are more hungry for content than ever. And music videos are one of the more sort of simple things you can create to fulfill that hunger. And I mean, I've made now, I think, over 35. <laughs> it's disturbing, this number. But I love it. I mean, I'm a kid of the 80s. I am a Gen Xer. I grew up on MTV and music videos. So, you know, for me, it's like um, really a natural calling to make them. And, and honestly, working with Bob Mould has been a treat. We became friends when I, uh, when I was booking at Doug Fur. And he's sort of my work husband, you know, he's like one of my husbands and I love him. And he's really put a lot of trust and faith in me. I've done a lot of his photography as well. So, uh, you know, the last two music videos I made for him that aren't at the airport are online. Those were made last year. And who knows, maybe I'll get to make some this year or next year for him. I, I'm a big fan of his, so I hope so. What's your opinion of having the micro cinema that's at the Portland airport right now for travelers going in and out to see short films and music videos all made by local filmmakers. It's so representative of what's going on in Portland. It's such a cool, weird, special, rad thing. I mean, having a, a, a quaint, high-quality showcase in a place of transition like the airport is so cool and so Portland. I mean, you can basically get your Stumptown coffee, go get your Pock Pock wings, go eat them at the airport. I don't really know what's better than that. I'm excited to, you know, to share the screen with uh, Joanna Priestley and... Some of my other friends who have films in this particular batch. So I'm, I'm stoked to get... I want to go. I haven't been to the airport yet. Get, soon, hopefully. For those folks who haven't had a chance to go out to the airport micro cinema and maybe uh, get through security to get to the cinema itself, tell us the story of this video. Bob Mould is discovering the new world, the new realm of music marketing. Basically, you know, the, the, the joke, the conceit about the whole thing is that um, Bob's like, look, I have this new single to, to Colin Malloy of the Decemberists. And Colin's like, oh, yeah, no one's going to care about that. Right now, you've got to have an app or you've got to have a, a device or something. You know, it can't just be a 45 single. Like, come on, get with it. You're gonna have to market to the kids. And so that inspires Bob to sort of go on this adventure of not deception, but but, you know, hilarity, hilarious deception where he's trying to convince people that his 45 single is actually an iPhone and they should they should buy it and wait in line for it and get it that way. And then when they get it, they're either disappointed or stoked. But he's like, wouldn't it be funny? Bob came to me with the idea. He's like, wouldn't it be funny if like 45s are so passe, singles are so passe, like people just don't care anymore. So why don't I try to pretend that my single is an iPhone and then people will wait in line for it. And there's a great moment where one of the customers is wondering what the center hole in the device is. <laughs> what is this? But the irony actually is that I think more people are interested in vinyl now than in a long time. Nobody cares about the CD, but people do still care about vinyl. So I think it's the idea that there's fervor, sometimes physical fervor, over these technological items when there used to be physical fervor over music. And that was kind of the point we were trying to make. And with Bob, since he's sort of of a past generation, sort of kind of, you know, he's like, how would I fake this out to the kids so they'll be psyched on my music? You know, but the fact is people love his music. And we got to shoot at Music Millennium and uh, Terry Courier was wonderful. We created the massive line by not creating it, by actually shooting on Record Store Day when people really were in line for vinyl. So, you know, there's just like some really funny stuff that I think came out of it as reality and, and plays into it as, you know, humor and as farce.
So you referred to Bob Mould as your work guzband. Let's talk about guzbands. This is where your reputation has sort of blown up. You are the creator, co-writer, producer of... Director. Director of The Benefits of Guzbandry, the web series that has become huge. And it's about um, this gal, Jackie. She's a little footloose. She's a little wild. And her guzband, River. So give us a little background. This term, guzband. Well, the word guzband, I did not create. However, the term guzbandry, I did coin. And, um, you know, this particular story, The Benefits of Guzbandry, is 100% loosely based on my own life. And Jackie and I are, you know, Jackie's based on me. Um, And it was inspired by my relationship with my um, primary guzband, Lake Paraguay, who's a brilliant civil rights attorney. And our relationship, and around the time I turned 40, just feeling like a kind of a romantic wreck and having gone through some really toxic, nasty relationships and needing a safe place to land and finding really an an incredible oasis in my relationship with my husband, Lake. And so, you know, when it came to wanting to really uh, grow my uh, point of view and my, my body of work as an auteur, I really decided that, well, I wanted to make something that could be kind of short and sweet and really focus on a smaller part of my life that could still reveal completely vulnerably what I'm all about and what my point of view as a filmmaker is all about as a woman in her 40s right now, which is a crazy time to be all of those things. And, you know, every other day you're hearing statistics about what a, how the number just keeps getting smaller. But I just don't think that's true. I think that there's a lot of women doing what I'm doing. And it's just a matter of people paying attention and seeing. And so Guzbandry, I, I ultimately, I based on my life and uh, we did a whole season and it goes from sort of, you know, the opening starts at her 40th birthday party and it kind of ends with a a dramatic kind of uh, situation where she and her husband have found out they slept with the same guy and, you know, the S hits the fan, so to speak. But um, we just finished shooting the first three episodes of the new season. Those are in the can. Now we're in post on those and hope to have those out at uh, the end of September. So how can people find out more about your work? Well, you can go to AliciaJRosePhotography.com, or if you want to find out about the benefits of Guzbandry, go to TheBenefitsOfGuzbandry.com. And it's also streaming on Amazon Prime, Vimeo On Demand, and keep an eye out for um, the fall and new episodes. It's going to be exciting. Well, Alicia J. Rose, thanks so much for joining us on The Film Show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm SW Concer. Now let's go back to Portland International Airport. And now we're back at the airport with Hollywood Theater Executive Director Doug White. And uh, we're outside the Hollywood Theater's micro-cinema here at the airport. Doug, tell me how this project came about, because this is kind of epic how this got put together. Yeah, I mean, I was originally I read an article in the New York Times um, about a cinema in Hong Kong, and you know, instantly thought, oh man, Portland, it's got a great airport. We should have a movie theater as well, and you know, realized that oh, features wouldn't work here because there's not the long layovers like there are in Hong Kong. So we approached them with the idea of putting in a micro cinema with short films by local filmmakers, and chose to go, yeah, how great of an airport is they bought the idea and like decided to partner with us and helped us uh, put it all together. There's a tradition at the Portland airport. It goes back a long ways. The Port Authority, they favor local outfits, local restaurants, local stores. It's kind of a flavor of what you might see in the rest of the region. But uh, there's a caveat. They don't allow any of the businesses to charge more than they would charge elsewhere 
in the area, downtown or wherever. Yeah, that's true, and I think that's what's so great about them when you're in the airport or as soon as you arrive here, you feel like you're already in Portland. So when you, when you first pitched the idea of the airport cinema, did you know what was going to be involved and would you have undertaken it if you had known? Yeah, it's one of those things, be careful what you wish for. Um, we definitely pitched it and, and there were times where we're like, oh, do we really want this to happen or not? Uh, and of course, we always did. and We just knew it would be a, a challenge. and It definitely was. I mean, doing a construction project uh, in the airport is, was no easy task. And we also can't charge. It's a free cinema. And we wanted it to be that way. But that means we had to raise a lot of money to make it happen. Uh, get a lot of donations, um, and that ended up all working out. We got a huge grant from the Oregon Community Foundation. Um, we got Triad speakers um, to donate, you know, basically a $50,000 sound system, and they're a local company here. We got Barco to donate a $50,000 projector. Uh, this group, Cedia, which is like a home theater uh, trade group, they helped arrange all the other donations for all the other equipment. So, um, you know, all in all, it's like a $200,000 projection and sound system that's been donated. Um, and then we got the grant money. So it's allowed it to be really, you know, an amazing space um, that we're able to provide for free to the community. So you had to do a lot of customization. You had to fit movie theater sound and projection equipment into a really small space. Yeah, we did. And that's why we actually worked with Erskine Group as a, as a home theater builder. And so it's really more of like built like a home theater instead of like building it like a huge auditorium like the Hollywood on Sandy. This is definitely a confined space, 17 seats. So we brought in those experts, and they actually came in from all over the country, from Atlanta, from Utah, uh, to really help dial in uh, this space. And particularly, you're in a loud you know, environment, so to be able to um, you know, have it accessible but also protect it from the outside noise, and they did a great job with that. Right. When we went inside the theater, it's, um, it's just like going around a little wall, but all of a sudden you're in an oasis of quiet. Yeah, definitely. And we, we don't think a lot of people are attracted for that reason. You know, it's a nice, quiet, dark space within the airport. Not too many of those in airports. So you have a couple of stories about actually building things and doing adjustments on the fly when you're installing everything, the seats, the projection equipment, the speakers, everything that went in there. Yeah, I mean, the biggest one was, we were, you know, we hadn't set an opening date yet because we knew, like, we wanted to make sure everything was dialed in before we announced it. And we had the projector set up, we turned it on, and we thought we were pretty much almost ready to go. It was like one of the last steps. Uh, and the projector was shaking because the entire airport shakes. Um, and that was one of those big uh-oh moments, like, how do we fix this? Uh, took us about another two weeks of engineering and construction to um, create a, um, a contraption that would keep it, you know, safe from the, the shaking, you know, with isolation springs and things like that. So it was definitely uh, not something we had uh, anticipated to happen. So the program loops, and it runs about how long before it loops back again? Oh, it's about an hour's worth of short films. And these are all Northwest filmmakers and film students, people like that? Yeah, they're all from Oregon, actually, all Oregon filmmakers. Yeah, everything from music videos, documentaries, short fiction films, and a lot of uh, animation. There's a great animation scene here, so some great short animated films. And like everything artisanal, there's a seasonal variety, there's a seasonal changeover. Yeah, definitely. Every quarter we swap out the programming. So, um, you know, it'll play for uh, three months and then we'll bring in a whole new set of uh, films. And so how do you go about finding filmmakers? Is it largely word of mouth? Do you have uh, applications? 
Uh, yeah, it's all the above. So we do have a uh, film freeway as a film submission site. So we have a page on there where filmmakers can submit uh, films to that. Um, and it's only like five or ten bucks, I think, to, to submit your film. Um, and then we also just, of course, word of mouth. We're running the place the, on Sandy, the theater. We you know pretty well connected to the local film community. So we usually know what's going on and who's working on what. And we'll reach out to filmmakers as well. Uh, but we encourage anybody to submit through the, the Film Freeway site. Do you know how common this sort of thing is? You, you mentioned Hong Kong had an airport cinema. Have you heard of other places? Uh, have you started networking with other cities? Have other cities come to you looking for ideas? Yeah, I'd say, you know, there's a few other cities across the world um, who have actual movie theaters and like the one in Hong Kong is an IMAX theater you know I mean they're playing big Hollywood films and there's a few other international airports that have those kind of movie theaters um, as far as something like us showing local films there is uh, in Minneapolis they kind of have a screening room I wouldn't say it's really a theater but it is a uh, you know kind of a big screen and kind of an open area where they're showing local films um, but I have had actually probably six other theaters across the country contact me to kind of figure out how we did it and um, you know getting some advice I know the Belcourt Theater in Nashville is now talking to their airport about putting in a Belcourt Theater um, in, in that airport. So that's kind of cool. I would it would be great to see it become a trend. Portland International Airport is overseen by the Port of Portland, and so you must have had some interesting conversations along the way. I'm interested in how this relationship progressed between you. Yeah, I mean it was it was. Uh a totally new thing for me so it was really fascinating to you know I've always just been in film so suddenly to be in you know <laughs> an airport and working with the Port of Portland on a big construction project and um, to see things you know from their their point of view and um, you know part of it is the programming too we've been working with them on that and they ultimately have to approve everything it is part of their public art program here um, and that's been interesting like they definitely have some rules everything's got to be g-rated um, you know uh, they don't want any violence at all and I don't blame them you know like not even uh, a gun anywhere in a film you know and to me that you know it makes sense why they wouldn't want that but it also as for programming it makes it difficult because filmmakers love to <laughs> have violence and swearing and you know everything else so um, it's definitely limited uh, the, the films we can show but at the same time it completely makes sense for this environment. I'm SW Concert, and today we're coming to you from the Portland International Airport, where the micro cinema has just been installed. And now let's go back into town and talk with filmmaker Kirk Kelly at House Special. You're listening to The Film Show on KBU. I'm S.W. Concer. I'm here now at the nerve center of House Special, originally the Will Vinton Studios and then the commercial arm of Leica Entertainment. And the fellow next to me is one of the co-founders and the creative director of House Special. Kirk Kelly, thanks for joining us. Thank you for asking. Well, you have um, had a lot of animation experience over the years with what was originally Will Vinton Studios. You worked on a TV show, The PJs, which was a favorite with many people. More recently, there's a short film called A Tale of Momentum and Inertia. And uh, now you've got a new short film out that you directed called Lamentation. Um, that's right. Uh, and we were lucky enough to 
work with Doug White um, at the Hollywood Theater, and it's one of the first films that is in the showing at the um, micro cinema at the airport. Yeah, the uh, micro cinema at the Portland International Airport, it really has quite a presence of local animation. There's a lot of folks uh, such as yourself, Shell White, Mike Smith, who are represented in the rotating repertoire of what's showing on the screen there. Yeah, it's it's fun to see animation mixed in with um, live action, and it's um, it's an honor, and it's fun to see the program. If you're out at the airport and you're just waiting for your plane, it's, um, it's nice to be able to sit down and, and watch some interesting stuff. Yeah, especially if uh, travelers are stranded at the airport. It's a wonderful cultural experience. It's a great way to spend your time. It is a great idea um, that Doug brought to the airport, and it's, um, it's great that the uh, Port of Portland um, went with it, and they've created a, a nice place. But just this little tip that those seats are amazingly comfortable. So if, if you're stranded, that might be a good place to search out. So how special is a local animation house? And the folks that you worked with on your short film, Lamentation, are a very local band, although they're world travelers as well. Uh, tell us about Pink Martini. Yeah, um, well, let's see. When um, they were releasing Get Happy, their album, um, I had a chance to listen to a few of the tracks. And um, one of the pieces really interested me. Um, it was based on a Romanian folk song. And... Um, it's very cyclical. It it just has this heart-wrenching lament, basically. And I was captivated by it, and I wanted to kind of explore that. One of the things that um, Thomas Lauderdale said about that piece was that it reminded him some way of um, the images you saw um, from a Hubble telescope. And that struck me, but I kind of wanted to turn that on its head. Um, because the, for me, the um, the piece is really intimate as well, um, kind of an intimate longing. And so I turned that kind of macro view of, of the universe, really, on its head and and looked instead at the micro view. And um, I was um, able to get a piano, a uh, David Kerr violin sold me on the cheap uh, cello, that um, they weren't going to be fixing up. And um, I basically ripped all these instruments apart and, and got cameras down in it, and then there's animation mixed in. For me, the song is cyclical. It keeps coming back on itself, and you never quite can get hold of a storyline, although I'm sure there's one in there. But I, I wanted to to do something very different than I do in the commercial world, which is like short stories, I wanted to kind of stay away from a, a narrative per se and just keep looping back to the same haunting imagery. I'm not going to try to pronounce the um, Romanian title of the song, but uh, it translates to Before I Fell in Love With You. And it's very much in keeping with what uh, Pink Martini does. They're the little orchestra founded by Thomas Lauderdale here in Portland. They become celebrated around the world for their, their catchy multilingual tunes, a mix of uh, classical, jazz, and pop. And this particular one, uh, the lead singer is Portland's own Storm Large. Um, that's right. It's um, beautifully, hauntingly sung. I heard uh, Thomas... Um, say that he, when he was in Romania, he kept telling him that he was going to do a song, a Romanian song, and, and then, true to his word, he, he did this one, and um, I think it's a really nice piece. 
both beautifully sung and uh, the way it's played um, is, is celebrated in our little film. Now, the title of the animated piece is Lamentation, and you really like the old school special effects. And like, I mean, there's some digital in there, but most of what people might think was computer created was really uh, you using these smooth camera moves inside very confined spaces inside these musical instruments with, with real water effects, everything created just for the camera in your, in your studios. Yeah, we, we had some um, water accidents in our studios, uh, but um, we, we built these little tanks, um, and they weren't actually that big, but um, some of the elements, there was kind of this um, these light uh, elements that are almost like jellyfish. Um, we suspended those in water and shot them as separate elements, and then we um, composited them together, so there were there's obviously some computer trickery, but there's a lot of in-camera work we just wanted to kind of go back to the origins of where we came from, um, which was fun. And, um, yeah, there was a lot of pouring of water on um, pianos. We all got drenched many times, but um, but it was, it, was, it was a really fun project. Animators love to set themselves challenges, and I guess that goes double for stop-motion animators. That's true. It was, it was kind of like, um, what can we do that's um, a little bit crazy and... It's not a music video per se, but um, it celebrates the the instruments and also that feeling of loneliness. Um, I mean, I won't. I mean, you can watch the film, but um, we basically drowned all the instruments. Well, Lamentation, your short film, can be seen at the Micro Cinema that the Hollywood Theater established at the Portland International Airport. Now, where else can people find out more about you and your work and the work of your studio? Well, um, obviously our website at HowSpecial.com is the best way to get in touch with what we're up to. And Elise Munson, our brand manager, is always updating and putting our most current work and everything there. Well, Kurt Kelly, thanks so much for joining us today on KBOO. Yes, thank you. Thanks for asking for me to come on. And for the film show, I'm S.W. Conser. And we're talking again with Hollywood Theater Executive Director Doug White. So, Doug, what is next for the Micro Cinema at the Portland International Airport? And, uh, well, what's next for the Hollywood Theater? Any other uh, crazy schemes you've got up your sleeve? Well, uh, for the Micro Cinema, um, thankfully, it's just sort of running smoothly right now. And so we're just hopefully just keep doing that, change the programming out every quarter. Uh, we are looking to do some special events occasionally to kind of mix it up and uh, have some fun. Um, we're talking to the organist, Dean Lemire, who plays at the Hollywood Theater on Sandy, to come out here maybe for a, a special event and play a keyboard along to a Buster Keaton short or something. So as people can wander by, they'll see something a little bit more interesting and exciting. So we might do a few things like that, maybe bring in some other musicians to perform with some films. So that'll be kind of a fun thing for people to pop in on. And you've also welcomed some of the uh, airport short filmmakers to the main Hollywood Theater to uh, meet and greet and do Q&As with the audience. 
Yeah, I mean, we understand that not everybody travels or can get here, or even if they are here, have time to see it. So every quarter we also do a showcase of the films we're presenting at the Hollywood Theater on Sandy. And so the next one is July 10th, where we're going to show uh, the summer lineup of films. Well, Doug White, uh, thank you for waving us through security and joining us here at the Portland International Airport outside the uh, Hollywood Theater Micro Cinema. Well, thanks for coming out, Conch. Appreciate it. And thanks also to the filmmakers who've joined us today, Alicia Rose and Kirk Kelly. Thanks also to the Oregon Media Production Association for their support and collaboration, and thanks to all our listeners on the radio dial and on the web. The audio for this show, as well as our extended interviews, will be available later today on our archive page, kboo.fm slash thefilmshow. And you can keep up with us on Twitter, at kboofilmshow. Thanks for listening.